Good morning. This morning we're continuing on with our summer series taken from what has to be one of the most iconic passages of Scripture in all the Bible. It's taken from the Beatitudes. Now the word Beatitude literally means blessed. And I don't know about you, but something I've always wondered, you know, when you hear the Beatitudes read, some people say blessed, some people say blessed, and, and I've always wondered, like, is there a difference? So I, I dug into it a little bit this week and discovered that there's a big difference between blessed and blessed. And to get at the difference, you got to go back to the original Greek, which, of course, the New Testament was written in. And it wasn't just any ordinary Greek. It's what was called Koine Greek. And Koine Greek is is incredibly special. The the words, especially the verbs, but really all the words are are totally nuanced to where you can get a lot of different meanings. And many times um, when the Bible's translated into a language, say English, many different Greek words all get translated into the same word, like like love, for example, you, you've heard so many different sermons on the different Greek words used, all translated love, or, or, or even sin is, is one. And, and the word blessed or blessed is, is a similar one. So it turns out that there's two different words in the original Greek that are translated into blessed or blessed. And, and again, oftentimes people reading will even though they're both spelled exactly the same, may use one, may use the other. The first Greek word is eulogitos, which uh, translated blessed uh, literally means well-spoken of or worthy of praise. It's where you get the English word eulogize, speaking well of another. You'll find eulogitos many times in the New Testament. And one of the most impactful and, and probably uh, uh, powerful one is, is found in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, 3, where Paul um, uses eulogitos three times in one fairly brief verse. Here, here it is. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on in the same verse, who has given his blessedness to us with every spiritual blessedness in the heavenly realms in Christ. Blessedness is an intrinsic part of God's character. As Paul points out in that verse, and, and really again and again throughout Scripture, blessedness is, is who God is. And his blessedness is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is is worthy of praise and adoration. Jesus, the, the ultimate eulogitos, holy and, and magnificent and worthy and deserving. Jesus, blessed Jesus, as the old hymn goes. Now that's Jesus, of whom John the Baptist said that he wasn't even worthy to bend over and untie Jesus' sandal. Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Eulogitos, the, the blessed one. Revelations 5, 12 says it so powerfully. Worthy is the Lamb, referring to Jesus, who was slain 
to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And the, and the list certainly could go on and on and on. Now, now here's the amazing part of God's eulogitos, of his blessedness. It is that it sort of oozes out of him into his children. You and me, once we've given our lives over to Jesus Christ, we, we are impacted by the blessedness of God. We are touched deeply. His blessedness, his holiness, his uniqueness fills us in a way that, that only he can. It, it changes our lives. And this this spilling over of God's blessedness into our life uh, brings us to the other word that's translated blessed or or blessed. And it's the word makarios, which literally means happy or, or fortunate or to be envied for what you have that maybe someone else doesn't. Makarios, blessings, to, to be blessed. So if eulogitos gets at the blessedness of God, makarios zeroes in on the results of encountering that blessedness. You see, you got to think of it like having a hole deep down inside of our heart, which can only be filled with God's makarios. You and me were, were created to encounter a blessed God, a holy God, a, a righteous God, a transcendent God. Other animals can't experience God in that way. Only you and me as human beings. We were, you and me, created by God in the image of God in order to encounter God. We were created by God in the image of God to encounter God. That, that's what we were created for. And, and when that happens, when, when you and me and, and when any human encounters a perfect, holy, righteous God, we, we are blessed. We experience a blessing. We experience joy and peace. We're, we're reoriented into what we were created to be, which is a human being created in the image of God. And so, so here it is. Here's, here's the punchline of my message, sitting here alone, talking into a camera. It's a punchline of this morning's sermon. And if you forget anything else I'm going to say for the next few minutes, just hang on to this. And it's this. Pursue the blessed one and you'll receive blessing. Pursue eulogitos and you'll receive makarios. Pursue Jesus and you'll receive nothing short of the fruit of the Spirit. Pursue the blessed one and you'll be blessed. The blessedness of God is a source of living a blessed and wonderful life. And what does this blessed life look like? Well, that's what the Beatitudes are all about. Yeah, in fact, blessed, blessed is the right pronunciation, not blessed, but blessed of every one of the verses 
out of the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes ultimately are, are a description of a blessed life, of, of what life was intended to look like. And what do you do when, you know, when you live in the world in which we live in the middle of a global pandemic and all the tension, the racial tension and other things, political tensions going on all around us, all forms of of anarchy and, and the news reports such as they are and so much more. It seems to me now more than ever, it's important to embrace what the Beatitudes have to say. What what an important series we're in the midst of, you know, for for this summer. The Beatitudes are found early on in Matthew. Even though quite a bit had happened in such a short time in the life of Jesus. After Matthew records Jesus' birth, and then, and then we find him being baptized by his cousin and led into the, to the desert to experience the temptations of Satan himself. And he uh, proceeds in early on in Matthew to call two sets of brothers to be disciples of his. And, and then Matthew records he jumps right into ministry, into healing and, and teaching and preaching. A very short period of time, all of that. And then Jesus sits down and launches into the magnificent Sermon on the Mount, beginning in in Matthew 5. And it's there in Matthew 5, right out of the gate on this this greatest sermon ever preached, that that Jesus throws it down. He, He lays out what really matters. And for Jesus, what really matters is this. It is the importance of encountering the blessedness of God, the eulogitos. And as you do, you experience makarios. You experience a blessing as only an encounter with the living God can bring. And so he repeats that nine times in each of the the Beatitudes, the, the blessings there in Matthew 5. Makarios are those who Jesus says. Macarius are those who, blessed are those who. And what comes next in each of those nine Beatitudes after Macarius? It's a description of God's eulogitos. It's a description ultimately of, of Jesus himself. Ultimately, the Beatitudes are a description of Jesus. Who who is Jesus? He was poor in spirit. He was the comforter. He was meek, as we learned last week as Jeff preached. He was merciful, pure in heart, the ultimate peacemaker, persecuted for his righteousness. All of those, which are the various Beatitudes, describe Jesus. The Beatitudes are not things that we are to do, not descriptions of us. They're descriptions of Jesus, the eulogitos, Jesus, the blessed one. We are to draw near to him. And as we do, we receive blessings upon blessings upon blessings. Which brings us to the verse for this morning, the the beatitude that I'd like to share a few thoughts with you on this morning. It's Matthew 5, 6, and you can read it for yourself probably good through this summer series maybe to read through all the the beatitudes 
And, and the one I want to key in on for a few moments here is Matthew 5, 6. Blessed, makarios, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, it's interesting that Jesus does not say, blessed are those who find and embrace righteousness. It doesn't say, blessed are those who are righteous, who live righteous lives. No, he, he says we are blessed when we pursue, when we develop a hunger and thirst for, when we acquire, and I've always liked this phrase, a taste for, when we wake up in the morning and say to ourselves, man, man, I have a craving for righteousness. I, I, I want righteousness in my life. Which is exactly Jesus' point in using this imagery of, of hunger and, and thirst. Because when you feel an intense hunger, and, and, and you could think about a time when you felt that, or, or you crave water because you're so thirsty, you, you'll do whatever it takes. It gets your attention. And so in a similar way, when we have a deep felt desire for righteousness, we'll, we'll pursue it until we get our fill. You want to experience a blessed life, Jesus says? Embrace your, un your inner hunger, your, your inner thirst for righteousness. Now, righteousness, and it's, it's kind of an interesting point, appears twice in the Beatitudes. There really aren't many key words other than blessed, makarios, that appear more than once in the Beatitudes, but Righteousness appears in the one I just read and then again at the end. Righteousness appears twice. But, but what is it? What is righteousness? It's one of those words we probably never use in our common day-to-day -day vocabulary. And, and we've, you know, heard it and read it in Scripture again and again. But what is it? Well, it's, it's interesting that in one version, the, the New Living Version... Um, the word justice, interestingly enough, is used in place of righteousness here in this verse. Now, no doubt that uh, our country is focused on justice right now. Much as the world was focused on justice back in Jesus' day also. So much of what is being called for in our country today was longed for, was desperately desired in Jesus' day as well. Who who will bring us justice? Who will come and fight for us? When will the Messiah come and set the incredibly intolerable injustices right? To which Messiah Jesus does come, not, not to bring political justice, not to satiate the mob of his day and what they considered to be justice, but rather to usher in a new kingdom full of of grace and mercy and righteousness. And at the heart of righteousness is justice. But the proper uh, translation here in this verse is not singularly justice. It, it is righteousness, his righteousness, the righteousness that can only found in a whole, be found in a holy, perfect God. Jesus ultimately embodied Proverbs 8.20.
and, and jot that down for further study. Proverbs 8.20 simply, powerfully says, I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths, plural, of justice. Many paths, plural, towards justice. Just one way, singular, to righteousness. And that path leads to Jesus. That path is Jesus. Jesus says it so succinctly. Maybe, maybe my favorite thing that Jesus said, one of my favorite, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so the ways to justice run through righteousness. And what is that? Like, what really is righteousness? Well, first, righteousness is who God is. Jeremiah 9, 24. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, says the Lord, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness. This is quite a list. Justice and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Psalm 1, 45, 17. The Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. What, what a verse. And Psalm 48, 10. As your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. What, what imagery that is. Your right hand, your dominant strong hand, is full of what? Of righteousness. Righteousness is who God is. Second, righteousness is who you and me are, who we are in Christ. Romans 5.1 and, and following, let, let me read this right on through verse 9. Romans 5.1 to 9. Just, just let this soak in. Turn to it quickly if you'd like to, but let this soak in. Therefore, since we have been made righteous, therefore, since we have been made righteous through the faithful, through his faithfulness combined with our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this, verse 9. So now we have been made righteous. So now we have been made righteous by his blood. We can even be more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him. Righteousness is who God is. Righteousness is who we are through Christ. And then thirdly, righteousness is the standard by which we are and will be judged. It is righteousness is the true north on the compass. Matthew 5, 20. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now that verse later on in Matthew 5 is certainly worth thinking through and trying to trying to get a grip on. There's power in that verse. And and James 1:19 and 20, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. 
Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Leave it up to James to be so tangible and so specific. And then First uh, Timothy 6, 11. But as for you, O man, O woman of God, flee these things. And comes about a list just prior to that. And pursue rather righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, righteousness at the top of the list. Listen, righteousness is who God is. Righteousness is who we are through Christ, who you are in Christ. Righteousness is the standard by which we are and will be judged. That's what righteousness is. And when we hunger and thirst for it, three amazing things happen. According to Jesus, at the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount, first, we will be blessed. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then secondly, we will be filled. Blessed are those, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And you know what that's like. When you hunger for something and you have a great meal, when you are so thirsty that that you feel it deep down inside of you and you down that glass of cool water and to be filled, to be satiated. The results of encountering the righteousness of God is that we are blessed and we're filled. And then also, in, and know this, and this is found in the second reference to righteousness in the Beatitudes, we will be persecuted. Listen to uh, Matthew 5, verses 10 and 11, still in the Beatitudes, and this will be preached on later this summer. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all things of evil against you because of me, Jesus says. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets, and he was referencing himself as well, as well as all the prophets who came before him, who were before you. James 1.12 keys in on this second on this thought as well. James 1.12, blessed are those, or is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Encounter God's righteousness, and you will be blessed. You will be filled as you, as you chase after him, and you will be persecuted. For standing in a fallen world foreign with righteousness. But may we in the days ahead pursue righteousness. May we become righteousness through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. May we live 
righteous lives as God created us to live. May we start each day with, with key questions. What, is, what does God want of me today? What is he saying to me through his word today? Who in my life today is bringing me closer to Jesus? And when the day is ending, may we ask the question, where have I seen God at work today? What two or three specific moments did I see God? And, and maybe to journal answers to questions like those. May, may you and I develop a hunger and a thirst for the, for the blessed one. May we encounter him. And, and as we do, may we experience God's good blessings. May we be blessed and experience God's good things that he would have for us, like, like love and joy and peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, lives marked by those fruit of the Spirit. And may we stay the course, even in the midst of trials and persecutions that we'll certainly experience throughout. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, who is righteousness personified. Jesus, thank you for just laying out for us in that remarkable, amazing sermon. And beginning with the Beatitudes, we see your fingerprints. We see a description that you're giving us of yourself in those. You are all those things that you point out. And, and in the midst of our embracing you, you bless us. And we're so grateful for that. Jesus, your kingdom come. Please, here on earth, as it already is in heaven. May it be so. And we'll give you all the glory for it. In Christ's name, amen.